Sonic States. Hello and welcome everybody to Sonic Talk number 153. Uh, we're recording this live as we speak, uh, Wednesday the 11th of November. Um, if you're one of the lucky people who's joined us in the chat room at sonicstate.com live at 4pm on a Wednesday, then you'll be a uh, party to the live stream, which is full of all the libelous and bleeping, the bleep-free version. So uh, uh, anyway, no, we're actually very good boys generally. <laughs> so, uh, But welcome everybody in the chat room. Good to see you all. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, in fact, we, we've gone up a tiering stream, so uh, a a streaming tier even so um we can now accommodate up to a hundred people listening live if uh, if you'd like to come and fill fill that gap well be most welcome anyway um I call that the idea of a cheering stream, actually. I a what cheering that is. stream, yeah, no, sure. It sounds like a bad sound effect idea. <laughs> Still. Um, well, that voice you heard there was um, Dave Robinson from ProSound News Europe. I may as well introduce you first, seeing as you are the first to speak. Uh, ProSoundNewsEurope.com. Uh, he straddles the divide between paper and online print, I suppose, don't you? It, uh, rather, rather successfully, I believe. I'm, I'm straddling it right now. In fact, I'm, I'm actually straddling between a sofa and a chair. <laughs> really? Any particular reason for that? Oh, just to make it, uh, just just to give the the listeners something to um, visualise. <laughs> yeah, well, while I'm drinking, obviously, because I was reading what it said in the chat room. There's a lot of references to um, to several of us being drunk while while we're on air. Last time I was on, uh, yeah, so I thought well, it was, was most most unkind, but fairly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try and keep it, um, you know, keep it low key. I personally haven't been drinking today. Although I'm sure I probably need one after the show at this rate. <laughs> anyway, Dave, I'm glad to have you aboard. Um, you got uh, you were between editions, or just put one to bed, or just about to? What's going on? Just uh, just finished. Um, we're coming up to the Christmas Christmas edition where we're doing a, a roundup of uh, a professional headphone products, and I've already got the the intro shot, which obviously is some tinsel wrapped around a, a pair of AKGs. Ah, priceless. Yeah, exactly. Just inspired, isn't it? Absolutely. I don't know where you get your ideas from, man. You're just creative <laughs> the genius. Argos <laughs> the Argos catalogue. The Argos catalogue. Argos being a uh, sort of low-rent... Um, Walmart. Yeah, kind of idea. Anyway, right. Dave, great to have you aboard. Well, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I just, uh, since, I've, uh, since I was last on, I was over at the AES show in New York. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, did, you, did you discuss that at all? We did, yeah. We, uh, we've been there and done that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we could talk about it again if you can fi- figure a way to. Well, all I was going to say was I didn't think there was much to talk about. I don't know whether you found a lot. There was a, there were a few plugins, a few bits and pieces, but generally the the show was it was okay, but it was smaller. Like, Rich Hilton, you went there, didn't you? I, which is I, a guess, good... I guess Dave hasn't been listening to the shows he's missed. No, no I, I haven't. No, I'm afraid. <laughs> just how, that just, that's just a, things. That's just an indicator of just how busy you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyway, um, that other voice you heard there was uh, Richard Hilton, uh, also uh, with us from, uh, well, you're from Stateside, I think, today, aren't you? Probably, let me guess, are you having breakfast or is it past breakfast time in uh, Connecticut? There is, in fact, breakfast on on the table before me. I'm starving. I'm sorry. When we can get teleport, if we can get Skype teleport working, you could send me a a Krispy Kreme or something. I'm sure you you don't eat Krispy Kremes, do you? For breakfast? Not very often, no. no. I've got a pot of fresh soup downstairs on the stove, though. Oh, You'd be man. welcome. Might be able to squeeze that down the phone somehow. Anyway, Rich, uh, Grammy-winning recording engineer, producer, and live player. Uh, been been uh, been working at international uh, superstar level for a long time. Um, good to have you aboard. MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius 
is where you can find your Hilton-type needs. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Rich, and I hope you enjoy your breakfast. Uh, we sh- I'll see if I can identify what you're eating if I hear any slurping and chewing going on. Soup, obviously, might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> now you've given me a clue. Anyway, good to have you aboard. Um, and let's also say, while we're over that side of the pond, we'll say hello to PJ Tracy, Emmy-winning PJ Tracy, composer, musician, studio owner. How are you, PJ? Been a little while. Yeah, it has been. I'm great. Uh, feeling wonderful. Sounding great. Audio quality is fantastic today, I have to oh, say. It's a good, good Skype day. Fantastic. I hope that doesn't go wrong. I, I've just since recently just installed a Carbonite on this Mac because I figured I needed to back a load of stuff up and I, you know, I wanted something up there in the cloud. And it's just finished um, uploading 30 gigabytes of uh, my system backup and you know documents and stuff. So I've managed – now I know it's not going to be eating any of the bandwidth, so I'm hoping it's not going to kick in halfway through the show and start throttling us. <laughs> How are you anyway, PJ? Good? <laughs> yeah, doing well. Glad to be here. Been very busy, I believe. Got a lot, had a lot of stuff on? I have, yeah. I've been um, working on – I've got a small library that I service a couple clients with, and I've been adding to that lately. And then uh, just finishing up a couple of uh, – I think the last time we talked, it's granting season here in Minneapolis. So ah. my partner and I have been writing grant proposals and submitting submitting them to various organizations. Oh, and, it seems like uh, yesterday you were doing that last time. God, has it been a year? Yeah, yeah it has. <laughs> yeah, it always it always seems to hit this time of year. There's a couple of a uh, couple of grants that we always uh attempt to get funding from and well, uh this year we're we're on it again. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Thank you. Um, right, and uh, pjtracymusic.com for, to see what PJ's up to. I hope you've been updating that website, PJ. Uh, yes, I have. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yep. Um, right, and also, well, finally, and uh, by no means leastly, we've got uh, Dave Spears from g4software.com. Make us a Hello. fine musical instruments. Well, software musical instruments. How, how is the making of musical software instruments going? It is going. Oh, there there is progress do i detect the possibility of a unsustainable announcement date uh, impending unsustainable (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like me (laughs) no you're very good you 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 won't be drawn you just say it's going okay but i'm not going to say anything that's what usually happens at this point but i'm guessing Uh, nam is approaching yeah it feels like it's getting closer Brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, uh, yeah, last na- 10%. Sorry? It's always that last 10, yeah. 15%, isn't it? The details, details. I know exactly what you mean. Well, uh, g4software.com uh, for, to keep up with uh, what Dave and G4 Software are doing. So um, let's jump in, I guess. Um, the first topic on the list um, was uh, has got a sound clip, you'll be pleased to know. Uh, let me just play a little bit of it. It's not quite – well, anyway, I'll play it. What the hell? That was the sound of Anders Glantz uh, and the DigiDesign 11. Um, and the reason this came up was because, well, partly because I went to Music Live uh, on Friday last week and saw it in, in the flesh, and it was lovely. But also that there was the news that there's this uh, DSP 
embedded code on the PVIPR range of amps, which I, I suspect might, D- Dave Robinson might be kind of more your uh, area of expertise in terms of sound reinforcement, which are these amazing digital class amps, which are way, start way in about £7, and they've got waves. Of the, I'm reading blurb here. This is not my words. Waves acclaimed MX5010 semiconductor, which features uh, wave technologies as max bass, bass extension, uh, max treble, uh, parametric EQ, max volume, and uh, various other delay features, which means that you can use these amps in all kinds of complicated situations, you know, like delay clusters without having a big management system. And uh, it just stopped me thinking a little bit about how... uh, we're starting to see this kind of crossover from people who have been working in in, 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 in terms of pure DSP and software, embedding their stuff into hardware. Um, are you seeing that quite a lot in the live reinforcement world? Is that, I guess that must be happening quite a bit to cut costs and what have you. Um, you're seeing a lot more sort of DSP-controlled amplifiers and management systems and um, various um, collaborations going on there, and with with brands that are, you know won't be familiar to to uh, to Sonic people, brands like XTA and and uh-huh. stuff like that. But um, this is this is an, this is an interesting one because <coughs> there there's something I don't know. It seems like a it seems like an unusual partnership, doesn't it? Waves and PV. Mm. You know, it, 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 they're kind of low-end sort of grunty amplifiers, uh, you know, for, for, for kick-ass guitar, and uh, and then some slightly more polite plugins from the world of of, of software and studios. It's, it's unusual. I don't really know what to make of it. I didn't really have a, a, a lot of time to look at this because I went straight to the, the, next, to, the next item, which is far more amusing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't want to give that away. No, please um, don't. I, I, so, so the, I saw the, the word DSP and then I saw that other word and I went there instead, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, but, you know, Waves, biggest software plug-in manufacturer going... Uh, the, the, the very name itself, uh, people, it's like Marmite, isn't it? People love it or hate, uh, people love them or hate them. And, you know, re, uh, the studio, uh, the, the stuff they did um, yeah, in absolutely. the studio two, two years ago and all that kind of stuff. But I guess it comes down to this. It's, um, you, you do something with your technology and then you've got to think of ways of expanding your business. And it's all about collaborating and uh, finding new ways of using technology. So, uh, so why not? Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's really interesting it, it, that they've actually got their own semiconductor. They've got their own chip, effectively, with their stuff embedded on it. That seems like a very yeah, smart which is move. not what you'd expect, is it? I mean, they're known as plug-in developers, but not necessarily. Uh, well, they've done some hardware, haven't they? They did the um, the kind of well, there's the uh, the 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 is it the uh, S2 or the LE or whatever it is the. Uh, that uh, ultra bass maximizer, or yeah, they did that, and L3, and uh, they also did um, something which was like racks of DSP acceleration that you ran over Ethernet. I seem to remember. Yeah, but you've got to grow your business, and I guess once you sort of, I mean, how many more compressors or EQ can you make? You've got to think of new ways of doing mm. it, and. Uh, Getting together with with somebody else, and, and I think I think some of these I think some of these brands, they're Max brands, are, are, aren't they? Sticking them in kind of like car stereos and things like that as well. I don't know if if that's true. That's a, a, just a, a, a conjecture at this point. But um, these are, Max Power, isn't it? Oh, maybe that's true. That's a magazine, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm sure Dave, uh, you know Dave Spears. Hi, Dave. I'm sure you'll attest. You know, you're you're in quite a, a fortunate position because that. It's going to be a while before you run out of um, old uh, 
uh, old machines to uh, to model. I'd have thought, but um, so you know, you just think you come up with a good idea and then you can work on that. But but when you've got when when the market's saturated already, you've got to think of new ways to uh, to push your product. And I guess that's what uh, Waze and, and PV are doing. Yeah, and, and it also seems to be you know particularly with the eleven um, uh, rack you know, from Digi or Avid, Avid Stroke Digi Design, they've done the same thing because uh, that's quite an interesting um, piece of hardware. I don't know. Rich Hilton, have you had a chance to hear that? You might have heard that at AES, possibly? I did hear it. I actually heard it at that audio expo I went to last week. All right. Did you get a chance to play it? Didn't play it. Watched somebody else play it. Um, sounded good. Uh, if we t- uh, As regards 11, the uh, integration with the software was very impressive. Um, I can understand its appeal and the appeal of being able to then take it out on the gig with you and have those wonderful sounds you've crafted in the studio. Um, as regards PV and Waves, this isn't altogether unexpected because, as you mentioned, DigiDesign has done this with their own brand, which is M-Audio, where they'll sell you a you know $90 keyboard and give you some LE version of the software, which a lot of other people have been doing for years and years. And then you've got Line 6 who've been releasing hardware amplifiers that contain the software-driven emulations that allow them to get that versatility in software. So they've done it in-company as well. And now you have PV and Waves coming together. And uh, first of all, I think it's fascinating that they've chosen to market this based on a semiconductor called MX5010. Like, they couldn't find a marketing guy to come up with a better name for it. Yeah, that's that. a bit rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> do, you think they have to give it a, do you think they have to give it a kind of name like that to have the application designers take it seriously rather than call it uh, Max Base Power or something like well, that? Well, maybe in, in-house they do, but as it relates to the outside world, I don't know if that's supposed to be some level of uh, ooh, 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 I'm impressed, but there's nobody who knows what the MX5010 is until they tell you what it is. So why don't you just tell us what it is in the title of the product? Yeah. But it's but, like um, for Yamaha to, uh, Yamaha to call their, their mixer, you know, the M7CL, you know, rather than calling it Brian or something like that. It's, it's a kind of the Yamaha school of naming, isn't it? I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And uh, PV makes great products. Uh, their power amps are used widely in the you know, sound reinforcement business, which would include the current DJ culture that more or less predominates live performances. And uh, these could become useful products, but I do find the merger, like I have, I look at this and I think, all right, well, Waves figures, they've just about run out of people to sell $2,500 packages of software to. So now they've got to start embedding their stuff in other people's hardware because their own hardware just doesn't sell all that well either. And, you know, so, and PVs does. Because if I'm not mistaken, PV is the largest employer in the entire state of Mississippi. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, they were at one time. They may still be. Um, so I guess none of this is terribly surprising, but it's all sort of a harbinger of some sort of, I don't Conver- know, all, Walmartization of the music business where the individual small companies that once comprised all this R&D and, and excitement are now having to come together just to keep the boat afloat. Hmm. Yeah, good. Interesting There's, I, well, PV makes some great stuff. Actually, we did uh, sure. in, over in our Amped, uh, which is the guitar channel that we also uh, run, SonicState.com/forward/slash/amped. Uh, we uh, uh, the guitarist uh, Rob Chappers he reviewed the PV JD Omniac guitar, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm you know I'm not very guitar-y, but I could even I could hear how great it sounded. 
And, you know, so they've got kind of quite a broad range of products, I suppose. I mean, so it's, it seems a little unusual that they would need to do this. I suppose they what they don't have is a big software development team, you know, so it's easier for them to just license this kind of thing. Right. I wonder if they needed to do it as badly as Waves needed to do it. But PV, um, well, they're one of the few companies that still actually makes stuff in this country. Um, and God bless them for it. And uh, if this enhances their line, their already broad and fairly well-received line of products, then I could see this seeming like a no-lose situation for them. Mm. I just have to believe Waves needed this more than they did. But in either case... Um, it's interesting to me to see these companies, even ones that are not related like M-Audio and DigiDesign, coming together to create products where the software companies can like embed their stuff on some fancy yeah. name chip and drop sure. it into a power amp. <laughs> PJ, are you, do you got any PV stuff? I could see, you know, maybe if you're going to do some gigs, carrying around a 3,000-watt a uh, seven-pound amplifier is going to be a lot more appealing, isn't it, than, um, than lugging a great big crown, massive, <coughs> weighty thing. <clears throat> Most definitely. I have a PV mixer in the next room, actually, sitting there right now. And, um, yep, I've owned several PV amplifiers and PV mixers over the years. I, I love that company. I think their stuff is, is really good if you, if you choose wisely amongst their um, many products. And uh, it's durable and it lasts, which is <clears throat> saying the same thing, I guess. Uh, I hope... I hope that the I hope that Rich is wrong. I don't I don't believe that he is. My my feeling is the same on this subject that Waves is uh licensing this technology to uh basically to stay afloat. Um I'm hoping though that what they're trying to do when you when you look at what they've licensed to PV, it's it's older technology as as far as the 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 life of that company is concerned. Yeah, it's not and so I'm yeah, it's not their current crop. Obviously, it's not their current crop. They're more into modeling. Um, it seems they they're more into modeling bespoke outboard gear now. But uh, maybe they're just trying to find a, an extended life for this older technology that maybe a yo- a younger crop of guys that are coming up in the industry, guys and gals that are coming up in the industry, are not you know not plucking off the shelf at four hundred dollars a a unit. You know, so they they think this is older technology, and there's mm. newer stuff that's come up and replaced it, and so they're taking this older technology, these older algorithms, embedding it in chip technology that I'm guessing they already they already had, given the fact that they you know that they have built hardware units of some of this technology in the past and uh, licensed it off to PV, and it was kind yeah, of yeah. I'm sure over. I've seen the Max Base stuff and the Max, you know, that that brand in other hardware, things like kind of maybe embedded in. Uh, creative sound blast, you know, type uh, sound cards. I'm sure I've well, seen it somewhere. It's in the UAD, isn't it? They've got it with the, they've done a deal with Universal Audio. To, oh, really? Okay. To do some of their stuff, I think. It's in the UAD too, I think. Right. Oh, okay. But, well, uh, but can I just say, actually, PJ, I don't think there's any uh, danger of them. I don't think it's about staying afloat. I'm, I'm sure waves are, 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 despite the fact that the piracy issue, whatever, I'm sure they're doing very well. Thank you. I mean, as I say, they are the biggest software developer around. But I just think it's, uh, it's diversification. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, also, you, you would not. I, I was going to say that you, it's in the it's in the PV amps rather than the Crest amps. Crest is is PV's professional brand. Oh, I see. Right, I didn't realise. Yeah, so it's not in the real sort of heavy duty high end stuff uh, yet. I mean, it, that might follow, but the deal is Although with the uh, sort of consumers. So it's for the you know the, the, the 
it's it's more i would say it's more the kind of band you know two speakers in the back of a van you know touring the, the bars and the clubs kind of stuff mm. rather than the real sort of installed heavy duty stuff so this is to appear to appeal to a a kind of a, a young that's the wrong way not a younger generation but but the kind of the more sort of dynamic and mm. smaller act and the, the dj type culture and that kind of stuff rather than the, the, the full um, high-end professional stuff Dave, you just—I think that's why you can get away with the max bass and using those kind of names yeah, yeah. because you know max power and all that. Yeah, yeah. Dave Robinson, uh, Spears, no, although, Spears, uh, even although it's interesting because PV have been doing DSP stuff in their sound reinforcement um, product. Uh, there's a Media Matrix uh, line yeah. of products from the mid '90s, and that's that's had DSP in it for a long, long time. All right, that's a very different type of yeah. I mean, obviously that's high end and installation stuff and touring rings. In fact. Not yeah. unrelated to the Disneyland stuff we were talking about uh, last week. Mm. Um, incidentally, while we're on the subject of DSP stuff, because um, when we saw the Eleven demo, which we put up, uh, we posted it today actually from uh, Music Live. It's great actually, and uh, I've had a little bit more information from behind the scenes in the gossip, and I've heard that the Eleven rack actually has HD processing power on board. It's like one quarter or one one quarter of an HD TDM board. And uh, it also, apparently, and this is not widely publicised, it can be uh, expanded within Empowered System. So you can plug that and your a, a, a big Empowered interface together to get more I/O, including you know this extra processing that the uh, the Eleven Rack will add to the system for real time processing of input. So uh, it's quite an interesting, um, quite an interesting sort of development in terms of Digi uh, or Avid or whatever we're supposed to call them at the moment. Nick, what is that? What does that unit retail for? Well, uh, surprisingly, and I thought this was cheap. It's about seven hundred UK pounds. So, and I, I think I saw it for nine hundred US dollars, which sounds like loads. But when you think you get, you're getting essentially a Pro Tools LE system with the inbuilt di- digital interface. So that you know, that's the full Pro Tools LE system with all the associated instruments and what have you. And then you're also getting something you can take out on the road and gig with for real-time DSP processing, you know, I'd say that's, it's sort of hard to kind of, hard to, hard to say that's too expensive. And so it, this, ele- it, this Levin rack actually replaces like an, an inbox two or something like that. It, it has that functionality. Yeah. As it's well. got a mic pre, it's got line in, I think it's got digital. I didn't see round the back, but it's USB two. So it can't handle like tons and tons of IO, but right. It's got, yeah, essentially, it it could do. And it does, from what, I, I'm not a guitarist, but I heard this guy Anders play it, and he's a good player, and he made it sound really good. You know, it does actually sound good, and from what I've been hearing, people are saying it's really good as well, because it's got some kind of impedance-matching technology in it, uh, which allows it to emulate how a, guitar, a real guitar amp would would uh, behave when you plug different pedals and things in. And this is all done in electronics rather than software. So it's sounding a bit like a kind of 11 plug fest, but I was, I'd love to actually own one. You know, it's like that. I, oh, if I could think of a reason why I could possibly afford one, I would get it because it's just, it's just sounded really great. I thought hmm. anyway, um, any other business on that one? I think we're probably uh, nearly there. I think, Dave, we can come on to your um, your preferred topic, and I've got a little <laughs> a little thing to play here, I believe. Ah, yes, here we go. It's here, the Weezer Snuggie. Watch. You want to keep warm when you're feeling chilled, but you don't want to raise your heating bill. 
Blankets are okay, but they can slip and slide. And when you need to reach for something, your hands are trapped inside. Now you can do what you need to and stay totally warm. But call now and you'll get the Ultra Soft Weezer Snuggie for only $29.99. Available in royal blue, sage green, and burgundy. As an added bonus, you'll also receive Ratitude, the brand new CD from Weezer, featuring their new hit single, I Want You To. $15 value free. You get the Ultrasoft Weezer Snuggie and the brand new Weezer CD. A $75 total value, both for only $29.99 to order. I think, I believe that's what they call an infomercial, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, it's just a great call now. Call now. I, and it's so brilliantly done. I mean, what, and the reason it is, I'm, I'll just give a bit of outline. Basically, the new Weezer album, uh, is Ratitude, and what they've done is created this kind of giveaway with it, which seems to be what everybody's doing. And it's just yet another string in the kind of interestingly creative uh, uh, process that you have to kind of marry. Uh, it's a bit like the previous topic, actually. It's kind of like shoehorning musical products into into some kind of other giveaway. And in this case, it's the Snuggie. But they've done it very much sort of sarcastically tongue-in-cheek, but done a brilliant, absolutely brilliant TV ad. And um, let me see, what is it? Uh, $29.99 uh, for the, the standard blue one. Uh, if you want a Safari print one, it's 50 bucks. And uh, they've got some great copy on the uh, website. It says, as seen on tvblankets.com, celebrating sleeved blankets since 2009. There's a blanket for that, is the tagline. <laughs> Just saying, it's obviously done with great humour. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Weezer's work, but I do know lots of people who uh, really like them. And I think they're supposed to be quite, you know, they're, they're quite a popular beat combo, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i've heard but uh great what a great a great and well executed thing i don't know how it works in terms of how that chart whether that you can chart with uh selling a snuggie or not i'm not sure <laughs> well regarding the well executed part i would like to have seen the snuggie people put five cents of impetus into this thing and develop one customized to the weezer audience because how much could that possibly cost to do you know, so the plain blue is what's bugging me about the particular. You can get the plain blue Snuggie without Weezer. You know what I mean? Like, it should some way reflect either the the marketing aspect of the album. I think it's really interesting. I think that's the, but isn't that the idea, though? That's what makes it so funny, the fact that it is totally kind of incongruous. It's kind of like the, uh, the old Nirvana trick, wasn't it, when they were doing all that kind of the videos of them as a popular, as you know, sort of, 50s mop top ed sullivan show kind of stuff but they're playing this really heavy music to me this is half-assed because they didn't do anything to the snuggie to make it more weezer friendly and i think well, they, they put the word weezer they put on word, yeah weezer on the front of it i suppose oh did they the girl i'm looking at right now is holding a traditional blue snuggie now i mean i didn't watch the whole video so i might be just oh i see Ah, there we have it. I see. They went all the, the way to six point. letters. All the way to six letters. No, I would have liked to have seen some kind of something that represents the album. It does look a little bit like a kind of um, warm and cozy surgical gown <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, it's a blanket with sleeves. Is this something that's big in America? I've never really come across uh, the uh, Snuggie before. I ha- it's funny watching them drink the coffee like they're a couple of monks. All it's missing is the hood. They do look like monks, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I like the way um, she says, uh, you, you, go to, you go to reach something from a blanket, but your hands are trapped, especially if you gaffer taped yourself up, you know, with, with your hostages. 
I mean, your hands are trapped, please. I mean, that's the flimsiest excuse not to wear a blanket I've ever heard. Yeah, what's wrong with a blanket? Apparently, apparently this is a popular product because it's been uh, running as an infomercial for over a year now. And uh, I saw an interview with the guy who developed the product. And apparently, they do very well with this product, basically the blanket with sleeves. I still say they should put hoods on them and make and turn it into some sort of. Go like, to- mo- they could call it a Simon Cowell. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite good. It would actually. have to have a face mask too, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it, you know, you could buy a fleece, um, a fleece robe from, you know, from store. I mean, I've got a fleece dressing gown, uh, and you know, it, it's the same thing, but it opens at the front. Instead of the back. Are we going to see it? Later. <laughs> I don't, want to, see, I don't oddly, want to envisage that. Are you wearing it now? Right, are we going to see it now? Oddling <laughs> photos of Dave. <laughs> dressing gown. Uh, yeah, I'm smoking a cigar and drinking a large glass of port as well. Romantically fondling some piece of audio gear. Yeah. yeah like, a PV. Easy, easy. PV, right. There, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, lordy. This has gone much. This has gone in a direction I wasn't expecting at all. Have you ever known anybody actually take the PV word and like black out part of the A so it says pervy? I used to go. I I used to. I used to be in a band with somebody at university who did that. I thought everybody did that. Anyway, I think PV and Wave should get together and do a snuggie. Well, I think there's all sorts of ways of uh, you know modifying brands. I always fancied um, the Bench clothing brand and changing it to Tench for the uh, fishermen. (laughs) But it's a bit late now. But on the video, it's very. It's when that old guy sat there, sort of drinking his tea or doing a crossword, wearing a, a Weezer. How uncool! His, his grandchildren would just go, you know, Granddad, you just look like an idiot. Uh, Shannon in Nashville um, via the chat room says they are good for concealing sexual activity in public. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <yes>. Maybe <laughs> practical man, obviously a very practical man. I believe that might be the Shannon who provided us with the fabulous Java synth, which uh, we I put on a news item a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for that, Shannon. It's a it's an image I'd like to hold in my mind for a little while. Maybe next time I watch this video. But uh, uh, yes, free album with Snuggy. Um, it's kind of funny and. Um, uh, I, I think the idea is it's supposed to be funny, but they've obviously because the, the, the snuggy people are quite happy for it to be linked up, and you know they they don't mind the sort of humorous nature of it. So fair play to them, and I hope that uh, Weezer are making a few quid out of it, and um, they've probably got a lifetime supply of tour blankets <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they're never they're never cold on the tour bus. Anymore. No, that's well, there's a line there, isn't there? You'll never be cold on the tour bus again. <laughs> Certainly beats. Uh, Conceals conceals sexual practice in public. Anyway, no, I think it's both, but, but uh, I see my future laid before me now. <laughs> Excellent, but yeah, it was a bit of fun anyway. And I suppose it's a good time to um, Siri makes things a little more serious now uh, and uh, introduce you to the first of our show sponsors. Uh, we'll take a little break here and uh, talk a little bit about Yamaha um, because um, we really appreciate them as a sponsor. It's good to have them aboard. Yamaha.co.uk. Um, there's a monthly Yamaha download podcast which covers all aspects of music performance uh, which we'd like you to check out. Uh, apparently there's been a little bit of difficulty the last week or so with some of the iTunes leaks but I think they're working on that now so do stick on it. Uh, 
You can also listen to the current podcast at yamahadownload.co.uk or if you want to link to it, uh, we've got a landing page which is sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha. Anyway, this month's Yamaha download podcast can be downloaded and is focused on professional synthesizers. It covers the S90XS and talks with Sean Barry from Girls Aloud about his keyboard rig and the recent Wembley gig. Uh, Hannah Versanth talks about her experiences on tour with Motif and Jamie Cullen talks about his new album. Each month focuses on different areas of music so there's something in there for everyone. It's not just a Yamaha fest there is actually kind of proper content on there and it's very nicely produced uh, and presented and it's something that um i've been listening to on a regular basis i think the next one out we're just into november i'm not sure of the exact date when it's come out but if you go and check it out um yamahadownload.co.uk or if you want to do it through us so that we can track it nicely sonicstate.com forward slash yamaha and while you're at it um you can also subscribe to the yamaha e-newsletter which is a great way to keep up to date with uh, what's coming out and what's current and what's actually sort of just over the horizon on the Yamaha product schedule, especially as we head into NAM, um, you can subscribe to the monthly new e- e-newsletter, easy to unsubscribe anytime. In fact, uh, they quite often announce things in there before uh, they release them to any of the press. So you'll probably hear about things first if you subscribe to the newsletter, which we currently do as well. So once again, uh, you can find that via going to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha and there's links to both of those resources and once again we thank yamaha.co.uk very much for their continued sponsor of this show we really do appreciate it Hey, I'm Eric Archer, and I want to show you the Andromeda Space Rockers this is a set of minimal drum machines that I've designed they actually work along with uh, some other kits that are coming out from Leap Labs and 4MS Pedals. The drum machines, they're unique in that each drum machine makes one sound, and uh, they're analog and they're minimal. And so when you combine them together, they stay in sync with infrared. So there's a wireless network going on here. All the, all the tuning and filter, all that stuff is done with photocells. Right, I'll just uh, explain that a little bit because that was a rather poor edit by me, but it was a much longer piece that was posted by Robbie Ryan on uh, our sonicstate.tv site where it's, it's like a, our own video sharing site. And it was uh, of the, they're called Andromeda Space Rockers and they're what they are are these tiny little drum machines that uh, by the looks of them were just at circuit board stage. They've got a single audio output. Um, you can hook them together via infrared sync so you can have a whole line of them and they're all synchronized to a master clock and you can kind of break the infrared uh signal at any point and it sort of changes the pattern length and mixes it up and they've also got a photosynthetic cell in them so you shine a torch on them or a light or whatever and you affect the parameters of the pitch and the frequency or the frequency depending on what kind of module it is and they're all made by this chap called eric eric archer and i just thought they were absolutely brilliant i don't know about anybody else but i thought what a great idea really sort of noodly hands-on kind of thing anyone out of dave spears i suspect you might have appreciated this do you think you could uh, enjoy these with a head torch perhaps of course i thought it was brilliant i love all this boutique stuff anyway so uh, yeah no really excellent what more can I say? Well, you could say a bit more if you like, but uh, I'm quite happy for you to stop at that. How much? I think. Uh, yeah, no, I'd love to know how much they are. There's no, um, there's no indication of what and when. Although I did get an email from Eric who said um, he's going to be putting them out via an affiliate site, and we're going to try and get some links up there and see if we can uh, make him and us some uh, a little bit of extra cash. Uh, but he doesn't. I, I still don't know how much they are or what the products. I think they must be coming soon, but they're not here just yet. But they, uh, I think, I think he's got some sort of affiliation or link with Bleep Labs, who make the thingam thingam blob 
thingamabloo, but I can't remember what it's called now, which is that really weird kind of, again, photoelectric thing. It's like a touch synthesizer with a torch on the end of it, and that's really mental. And that, I think they come in kit form and and pre-made so i suspect that these might be of the same kind of uh of notion i don't know um dave robinson this sort of thing that you'd like to have on your desk as you swivel in your big executive office corner sort of thing <coughs> certainly beats those uh what are they called those force balls things that snap in and out eh? <laughs> thank you tom i don't know what they're uh, called you know those uh, that, clackers you mean. clackers that's it yeah yeah newton's cradle um is it is it a prototype? I mean, it's not actually something he's looking to market it in any way, is he? Yes, he is. It, he is absolutely. He is. I mean, they're just tone generators that are triggered by infrared, aren't they? He's sort of putting drum machine technology back about thirty years. Yeah, but it's just something a bit different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stone tools. Well, yeah. well, kind you, of. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, great. You know, he's uh, too much time in his hands. I think. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it, it's oh. not, and he, I, I, and he goes on to talk about this would be a, ga- a good gabba, gabba kick drum, right? Oh, good, yeah, well, that's what we need more gabba, <laughs> more <laughs> two hundred and twenty BPM Australian, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know, ni- nice idea, but I kind of uh, it was one of the, it's like the hamster, you know, the hamster MIDI synthesizer or whatever it was that we had a couple of years ago (laughs) or the Furby thing you know I come up well that's great but uh, what what now what do you do and if you want to make flickery noises um, that that, I mean it does sound like somebody sort of slapping the thighs a little bit just very gently I know no but the the first part of the sound um, actually that was just down to the camera unfortunately the the actual first part I can play you a little bit the first part this is what they actually sound like no There is a slap element to that sound, but there's also a, a sort of pitch side of things too. But yes, I take your point. I don't know. I mean, uh, the only thing I thought is what happens if you want to play live and you've got lights and stuff and you're, you know, you've got this set up how you want it for a particular rhythm and you're doing your performance and some joker on the lighting board just sort of switches on something which can ruins everything. <laughs> It'd be quite funny yeah. to just, just put them somewhere at various places around the orbital rig. So every time they kind of turn their heads... <laughs> just set it off that's a nice idea yeah i don't know i mean i'm i'm all for like i say dave like you say dave spears i think you know the boutique stuff is you know long live it i mean because i can't imagine it's gonna be that terribly expensive and i think it would be kind of fun to have a few of them around uh even though you know that perhaps they're a little bit unorthodox and quirky i mean that's the whole point pj oh. would you would you like a couple yeah, I love stuff like this. It reminded me of uh, the guys at the Bend Festival that I went to a couple of years ago. They built they built things like this, and I, c- I can imagine, you know, certain. Uh, we have a festival here in Minneapolis every year called the Sparks Festival. It's a big electronic music fest, and you see things like this built specifically for performances. And I can picture, you know, a gigantic grid of these things mounted vertically on stage in the dark. And two or more performers, you know, dancing around this grid with with uh, flashlights shining at at the board, making you know bespoke rhythms. I can see I this it, forming a part of one of your grant applications. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get money. Oh yeah, you will. That's the kind of thing you actually get money for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, if you actually make something tuneful, melodic, and harmonic, you don't generally get uh, get you a lot need of money. Experimental. Uh, if you shine torches at uh, at uh, photocell drum machines on stage, then you get uh, you get lots of. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
maybe throw some excrement around as well. In kind yeah, of no, we don't want any of that. Come on, now. Rich, Rich Hilton, can you imagine Niall um, kind of grooving to a couple of these in, you know, placing them along? I can see they'd sit, sit quite nicely, perhaps, on the uh, strip of the mixing desk. <laughs> well, not, not necessarily him, but uh, first of all, I applaud Eric's ingenuity and his uh, passion for this thing. And secondly, I'd love to see an ad with Diego Stocco holding a blowtorch in front of these things <laughs> up on the wall at something called the Bent Over Festival. <laughs> oh, we've all gone very toilet this week. I'm sure it's nothing to do with my influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think it's a lot of fun. Anyway, um, ericarcher.net, uh, Andromeda Space Rockers. I wonder if he called them Andromeda so that they'd show up in Google searches for people who are looking synthesizers, so you get that association. Quite smart. Uh, not sure when they're coming out. I do know that I have an affiliate account waiting to be to receive <laughs> the product links for these, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it might be um, impending. Or either that or Eric likes to work very much in advance. We'll see. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I just want to say I, I love the fact that somebody builds this stuff. I mean, even if it even if it does set drum machine technology back thirty years, which I, I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's more of a branch of the evolution of drum machine technology that maybe started thirty years ago and then it's gone off in a different direction. But the fact that somebody took the time to build, and there's so many guys like this that are out there building these just wacky audio generating devices sound generating devices and they put so much time and effort into it and it's great that there's somebody out there doing that that there's several someone's out there doing that because it's just i think i think it's fascinating i think it, and i think it shows a real creative spirit that uh, that we sorely need in this day of uh, you know well fast. it's exactly i mean and this is why this kind of thing is it generates so much interest whether it's a youtube video or a news item or whatever it generates so much interest because as you know, everything becomes so much more homogenized and on message and stuff. This is just, you know, not, and it's, it's not refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Well, we'll great. see if we can get hold of some for review as soon as they become available. I, I do cool. hope we can. I mean, uh, they do look fun could, and I'll, I'll be playing with them. We could put this Good. together with that thing Moldover makes that he distributes his CD and with that little. Oh yeah, that's true. In fact, yeah, I, sp- I spoke to Mark Tinley this morning who can't make it cause it's his son's uh, parents evening. So he's off to school to, to get the report as it were. And he said he's just arrived the other day and he was having great fun with it. Well, I met him. I met him at uh, AES Moldover. And oh, did you? He's, we spoke about it and he showed it to me. Yeah. Oh, Turns cool. out he's a good friend with a son, with, with the guy who's the son of a friend of mine. So. Oh, brilliant. Did yeah, he, um, nice. did he listen to the podcast by any chance? I think I got an email, I got an email from him. I can't remember now. Maybe I'd not. Be, I'd be lying if I told you I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pretend he does. Oh yes. He Cause everybody does. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can tick off another listener on the, on the chart on the wall. I was distracted. I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a second page of a four pretty soon. <laughs> he's got a second ipod just for the show yeah absolutely All catalog there you go <laughs> right um so let's have a look what should we do next we could go this, this is actually more than i was anticipating here um would you like to do uh, a bit of kurtzweil or the mix control plugin which i've downloaded and tried uh let's do well let's do a little bit of kurtzweil because uh, it's been a little while since we've heard anything from them from one of the demos of the new Kurzweil PC3 LE6 keyboard.
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go actually, mate, because uh, I've got a meeting at five o'clock. I'm afraid. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, so, but it, it does look quite nice. But, uh, nice big uh, new keyboard, keep Kurzweil, always good. Um, and uh, last time we spoke about him, what I was going to say was we talked about Roy Kurzweil being Mr. Futurist. Yes, that's right. Robots with guns, man, didn't we? That's right. Yeah. So, Sky cars and all that sort of thing. Exactly, living in space. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to go, Nick, I'm afraid. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but Dave Robinson, Pro Sound News Europe, always a pleasure to have you, and uh, prosoundnewseurope.com. Uh, we'll say goodbye then, and I'm glad that I think the Skype technical ease, technical difficulties are... Sounds better now, yeah. yeah okay. And I hope, to, well, I hope to be with you again before Christmas. Okay, brilliant. All right, cheers, Nick. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye Dave. Bye. So I think my question was, really, um, it, it's... Apparently now uh, Ray Kurzweil is back in charge of street, chief strategy officer of Kurzweil Music Systems, and they've got this new keyboard out, which is the PC3 LE8. And I think my question to the US guys was, you know, it's more of uh, a kind of US brand, really, Kurzweil. I, don't, I never really had my hands on any of this stuff. Would that, would that be fair to say? And, or, and what do you think? PJ? Uh, well, in the past, uh, I've owned both a K2000 Kurzweil sampler and a K2500 Kurzweil sampler, and I loved them both dearly. Um, they were fantastic instruments, uh, st- still are. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really checked. I don't think I've checked any of this newer. I don't know. Maybe it was a PC2 stage piano was the last thing that I looked at, or the PC1, one of those. Kurzweil stage piano. So I, I'm not exactly sure after looking at the blurb that you had on the site what the difference is between. I, I get a little confused about every new Kurzweil model that comes out. It, it doesn't seem to me that they add much to it. Right. Yeah, I wasn't and, really sure because I'm not familiar with yeah. the range. But um, and may, maybe I'm maybe I'm entirely wrong about that. I'm sure I'm sure I am, but I, I don't see oh, what no. the difference is between this oh, newer. No, you're not. Okay, okay, oh, this newer version and the and the older version. So Rich, Rich can enlighten us, I think. Well, I used to play their stuff on the road uh, for a while. Okay. First of all, my my experience with Kurzweil goes back to K two fifty, the K two fifty rack. Ah, the original. And uh, <laughs> then I have it. I'm looking at a K two thousand RS sitting in my rack right now, which by the ah, way is for sale. And uh, I've used that, and I've used the twenty five hundreds, and I used to play the twenty five hundred yep. keyboards with Chic for a bunch of years, and. Uh, I'm very familiar with their products. Um, it's interesting to me what I was going to say to support what you just said is it's um, they're still plundering the same archi- vast architecture that they were selling 20 years ago, which is amazing to me. And uh, the stuff always sounded good and always had a just horrendous user interface that you had to yeah. deal with to get to what you wanted to do. Um, but once you got in there, you could do some pretty outstanding things, including some remarkable synthesis tones. Um, the libraries were always pretty darn good and very usable and functional. I just the build quality was not up to what I wanted to be using on the road, and I found them poorly supported out there in the world in general. And so I decided to switch to something more apparently mainstream, just so that I could feel a higher degree of reliability in what I was doing. And I even gave up a little bit of sound quality to do that. Right. Well, that, um, as a couple of people are saying in the, the chat room, um, Kurzweil were a lot about the piano for a long time, and I'm guessing you're kind of quite... Well, I don't play piano in the band, um, usually, but uh, I was using their orchestral sounds a lot, uh, the, the KB organ with the 
with the sliders on the 2500 as pseudo draw bars was actually kind of fun. And there was, there was some cool things about it. Uh, but as I said, build quality wasn't one of them. And I'll never forget the day I had one open after sound check on stage, about 65 screws of various sizes later, uh, trying to repair the thing in time for the evening's show. And that was about, Ouch. That, you, that was don't, about you don't really want that. <laughs> I had, four or five Scottish stagehands with power tools. Can I help you, lad? You know, and it was like, no, 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 just give me some light. Um, uh, there's stuff, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that they're still around. They've got Ray Kurzweil back. I didn't see that in the, uh, well, I just found book. that on Wikipedia. They were, uh, basically, um, they, yeah. Hyundai. Well, have got I don't back. know what Ray's been doing lately, but Kurzweil's owned now by a bunch of, you know, Korean companies. It, oh, yeah, for a while, was, it's Young Chang Piano. Yeah. It's like, it's now it's Young Hyundai. Ch- Hyundai. That's right. And they yep. appointed Ray as, uh, the technical, uh, chief strategy officer. Well, he's been out, was, he's been out starting a religion and yeah. now he's back doing what he's actually. Is that good. right? Is that correct? Well, no, I, no, I mean, Rich, he, he writes these books on, on the future. And if you read them, they're very L Ron Hubberish. I mean, he, he tries to, to write them in terms of them being, you know, scientific projections of the future, you know, but I mean, they're, they're, they're far out. Yeah. Well, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I, We've I talked guess about it before, haven't we? So, and yeah. he's been, he's been on the lecture circuit. You know, for the uh, last I, I guess when the future predicting business starts to slow down a little bit, some of that young Chang Hyundai money coming in the door every week because you're <laughs> product yeah, probably yeah. pretty good. I'm sure yeah. it does. 20, 2012 is right around the corner, so when 2013 hits, he wants a back end, you know, some back end on these. There uh, you go. There HPN. you go. <laughs> I mean, so I'm not trying to reduce everything to pure dollars and cents, but frankly, that's what drives this business. Yeah, it's unfortunately. Um, some uh, John Van Eaton in the in the chat room, who's um, toured with Nine Inch Nails and Mar- Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson, uh, said that they both love the K two thousand and K two five hundreds. Dave, you you've you've you probably come across them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, lots. I, in fact, I remember playing the K two fifty and thinking, <laughs> no way, because there was that big thing, wasn't it? Stevie Wonder said. Mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference between this and the grand piano. And it was like, dude, it's like, you know, margarine and butter, really. Yeah. I thought um, you were blind, not deaf, yeah. But I really did like the 2000 and the 2500, and that whole vast thing was interesting. Uh, this actually sounded quite good. I expected to be completely disinterested in it, but I went through to the, you know, the songs and the sounds. They got some Mellotrons on there, which I thought was quite intriguing. Mm. Um, and some pretty interesting sounds. It's probably the first keyboard that I've looked at and thought, hmm. It's not it, bad. It, it looks a bit like it's got that sort of uh, Yamaha motif look to it, hasn't it? It's that sort of or motif or uh, uh, that sort of thing. It's got pads, you know. It's the workstation vibe, really. But it's obviously they're it's, going for a player. Player. It's funny. It reminded me a lot to look at of uh, it's uh, and it's a kind of slightly unrelated but related story. Uh, I did a load of work for General Music years ago on that Pro Two piano thing, and a lot of that was trying to introduce. It was a brilliant piano, and it was trying to introduce it to a lot of high-profile American players. Yeah, who all immediately turned around and went, "Well, it's not American like PV and Kurzweil, is it?" And it was like actually Kurzweil are owned by uh, Young Chang. Yeah. But it struck me as very similar kind of layout, weirdly enough, to I think they had a keyboard called the Equinox, <clears throat> apart from the mm-hmm. pads and stuff. But it just looked the same. And I thought, mm, if the build quality is the same, then I don't know so much. Mm-hmm. But interesting sounds. 
Yeah, it seemed okay. Well, anyway, you can get one soon. Um, like I say, Sweetwater have got it at uh, listed at a twelve ninety nine, which is for the sixty one key version. Just, just one more thing, Nick. Sure. The other thing they're known for is pathetically small and text driven visual interface. Right. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. I, I still use the. I've got the MIDI board here because that's got poly after touch. I still use that a lot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many people do. They they keep them for that. Yeah, lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah, Kurt's while back on the block or or not, but anyway, it's good to see that they're still going because it was looking very doubtful for uh, a, a, you know six months or so because nobody really knew what was going on. Okay, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, let's take a look at uh, the last topic of the of the week is the mix control plugin, uh, which is from TeamDNR.net, and it's kind of like a useful Swiss Army knife. It's seventy nine bucks. Uh, the team they're called team, team DNR Collaborative Designs, and they've announced the release of Mix Control. It's like a channel strip, and I downloaded it because um, you can get a 14-day demo, um, which is fully functional. And uh, thought I'd try it out, so I'd put it across my voice because at the moment um, in Logic, what I do is post-production. I've got uh, like a EQ, a gain, a noise gate, a little vocal exciter, compressor, and then a limiter on my voice to sort of try and make my sound sound a bit more radio. Uh, subtle processing of course at least I try to and I thought I'd I'd stick this in front of it instead and see how that works and it seemed to be quite good actually and the um, the CPU was a lot less uh, as well so uh, I don't know Uh, did anyone else download this so you can get it it's VST AU all that stuff Um, it's a bit fiddly to program but the metering's brilliant on it that's the one thing I did think Dave you you said you did download it yeah yeah I did and I was really pleasantly surprised I've been using um isotope's new thing that alloy which is a very similar kind of thing in concept and i i've been wrestling with this with just making this vocal part sit within the track mm-hmm. and i've tried you know i've been using the uad the neve channel strip and all sorts of stuff and alloy and all sorts of things and i just thought i'll tell you what i'll just lob this in see if i can do it and actually it came out brilliantly and like you say the cpu use negligible do you think it's down to the compression because the compression seemed very transparent to me uh, there's two modes, isn't there? There's one that actually adds some colour, and then there's the A uh, A mode, which uh, is a lot more transparent. Yeah, I liked it. I was impressed. And how much is this? Is seventy nine like, bucks. Yeah, and it's, there's nice. two versions, aren't there? There's um, <laughs> the um, the uh, the mix, the main mix one, and then there's the mix, the mix. Da- uh, sorry, what's it called? That I'm just uh, distracted because uh, Redwalks just said just to remove the girly voice you use a lot, <laughs> which I'm just trying to think. What girly voice? When do I use that? <laughs> anyway, mix. Yeah, it's the mix control large and the mix control small. So there's two flavors. One's one has um, doesn't have the side chaining, doesn't have the limiter. It's just got EQ, gate compression, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, but the, I, I thought it was. I, I think I'm going to use it. I think I might buy it. In fact, or maybe I can even talk to them and they can uh, like send me a free code. Or no, I'll buy it. It's a, it's it seems like a bargain to me. Yeah. Uh, anyone, Rich or PJ, did you get a chance to check this out? No, <laughs> I didn't either. Well, yeah. I can. It's worth trying out. Actually, I mean, I don't know whether or not because Rich, you use a lot of um, uh, MacDSP, which has kind of channel strip stuff, doesn't it? They do. Their channel G is sort of channel strippy in so far as it does uh, both compression and EQ. <clears throat> but um, I'd be I'd be interested to hear this thing. Yeah, I just didn't have time to try it out. No, I mean you can anyway. You can get a, a fourteen day free download, no limitations. I guess it just runs out, and it looks right. like it's got fairly decent preset management. You can manage presets for individual 
section. So you can save a preset uh, and then you can just load a preset and just say, I just want to load the EQ bit of that, or I just want to load the compressor bit or, you know, so that's quite, that's quite a nice, interesting way of using it. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was something that I need, because that's the one thing that I find a lot, you know, is quite often, you know, even just doing the voice for the podcast, it requires quite a lot of processing to get it to sound radio and what have you and you know some of it has to be quite subtle so i just figured it might um might, might do the job and i think it does i don't know what it sounds like on you know like uh, on a drum bus or whatever like really pumping i'd like to try that as well the eq to me sounded um less phasey than um it can be and when you when you're listening to it just on a voice you can get that effect you can hear it quite clearly i don't know if you found that dave yeah 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 no i was i, I gotta say i was impressed and i really didn't expect to be no, because it looks it looks kind of cheap, doesn't it? I mean, that's the thing. It hasn't got the most. A lot of these pluggers have these sort of beautifully crafted uh, user interfaces, uh, and in fact, that's probably not the most important part. Although, obviously, you want to be able to use it. But um, yeah, it doesn't draw you in as much on the on the GUI as uh, other things. No, but I, like I say, I like the metering. There's two big meters, and so you can really see the kind of in and the out and the difference between levels. That's quite nice. Mm. Anyway, just thought I'd pass that on because uh, I think I just spotted it in one of our news items and thought, oh, that looks good. So, yes, yeah, check you. it out. TeamDNR.net if you want to try it out. The Soundwalks. Do we want to do Soundwalks? Um, I can play that if anyone's interested. I love this kind of stuff. Oh, brilliant. Well, I'm going to play it then. Well, that collection of curious ambient um, pieces was, in fact, um, something I found on the Disquiet.com blog, which is a great uh, sort of sound design and just interesting audio stuff. And what it is, is um, it's four musicians who took field recordings into their studios and created something new from them, all for the debut of something called Editions, which is a web publication of soundwalk.com. Musicians are, uh, well, we did Francisco Lopez first with his Untitled 233, which I think was uh, a Memori Lake in the Brazilian Amazon. Uh, BJ Nilsson, uh, uh, called Are the Birds Gonna Eat Us, Mummy? I think you can guess that which one was that, which was, uh, uh, I think that was a lake in Iceland. And then uh, Indoors Outdoors, which was in LA from a guy called Jan Novek and a guy called Robert Pachidallo, which is, uh, uh, was in Napoli, Italy. And these are, I mean, all they are is really kind of soundscapes and they're like ambient recordings that they'd just been tweaking with. And... Um, I don't know. I love this stuff. I don't know what it is. I, I know some people find it kind of not. It's like an audio adventure. You sort of want to know what's going on, and they've sort of enhanced them and edited them in various ways. In lot, most cases, pretty naturally. It, it reminds me a little bit of like the KLF, the White Album, the White Room, and all of that stuff. And I just really, I just loved it. I, I really enjoy it, Dave. I think you you agreed, so you can help me out here. With some- yeah, no, completely. I mean, I've got tons and tons of field recordings where I kind of go out, and actually, it's a really good starting block. Uh, sound design because you can take you know very small 
partials almost and then just kind of elaborate on them but also here you know sometimes i'll um have put some of them through the monitors and stuff and then just actually program synth almost effects so that they kind of work with it and then when you take away the field recording they're quite they, they can sometimes sound unique they can sometimes sound utterly shite <laughs> of course but sometimes they they can uh, really kind of add something i like i love all of this stuff love it yeah, I, I must I thought have, the cafe one was really interesting. Actually. Yeah, he put some sort of tones in there, but it sounded like he'd sort of taken the tones, or the cue from the tones, from the pitch of the ting of a coffee cup or whatever, and that was just quite yeah, it was quite cleverly done. Yeah, exactly, all that kind of stuff. I love that. There's a great um, kind of uh, ambient sound design artist guy called Scanner, who I'm quite a big fan of. Um, if anyone's into this, just look him up. Seems to travel the world, kind of just doing this this type of things, you know, installations, all sorts of stuff. Oh no, that sounds good. I know. I'm, I'm PJ. I suspect that um, ambient recordings and this kind of thing pr- might form part of some of the stuff that you do for your installation work. Yeah, and uh, it reminded me of uh, a project that I I worked on about ten years ago with a a band that met a tragic end, and uh, part of our uh, <clears throat> the interstitials between songs were field recordings. I'd I'd gone around for a year with a DAT recorder and a stereo microphone and recorded a bunch of ambiences and then created them into um, not as naturalistic sounding in some cases, but uh, more like sound pastiches and and uh, sound design glitches and things like that and uh, i i really love stuff like this yeah it's just um i just find it it, i mean particularly some of these recordings they sounded really nice as well i would be interested to know what they used uh i I guess rich this is sort of i mean it's kind of like is it concrete is it that sort of thing well for me it is uh i didn't i will say that i didn't get to listen to these particular examples but this sort of thing interests me greatly in general and I have two sort of tangentially related stories to this. Uh, the first of which is in uh, 1992, I did an album with the B-52s called Good Stuff, on which there was a song called The World's Green Laughter. And in one section of this song, I took recordings of birds and chopped the individual bird hits up and sequenced a rhythm out of bird sounds that plays in the B section of that song. And oh, it was... Big fun and exciting for me, and Keith, the composer, quite liked it. And it, it actually suits the world's green laughter concept very well, and it worked. It worked out really well. And then the other tangential story is: yesterday, I was sitting in Nile's studio, which is on the third floor with windows surrounding it, looking over the water, just in case anybody needs some visual stimulation. <laughs> and um, outside, there are these large trees that are typically inhabited by many squirrels running back and forth. And I have to assume that it's mating season for these guys because uh, there were about a dozen of them out there screeching madly. Yeah. It was an amazing series of sounds, and there was like 12 of them going at the same time. And unfortunately, I didn't record it. But it was stunning. I mean, it was just a remarkable you know, naturalistic moment of sounds I didn't expect to hear from animals that you didn't expect to make them. Somewhere I actually have a recording of that sound because um, we have the same we have the same thing here this way a little bit earlier than this time of year usually late September the squirrels start running up and down trees in packs and making those sounds. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you're going to have to be really careful about playback of that sound, isn't you? Because you'll end up with loads of squirrels <laughs> jumping through the window. <laughs> and 200 squirrels knocking on the door looking for that fine-looking babe. Doing that thing that dogs do with your leg. Yeah. 
Uh oh. <laughs> um, would you uh, actually? Uh, there's a there's a, uh, a a new shopping centre that's opened in Bath recently. I parked in there the other day, and uh, it's very empty and uh, very new. So there's no dirt. And I just remember because I, uh, I had to put something in the boot, and I slammed the boot, and there was this. Ama- I mean, it must be like fifteen twenty second reverb, but with this massive boom underneath it. You know, real low frequency. I'd like to try and get. Um, I would like to try and get some of that in, but I haven't got anything that will handle it. In fact, um, that was one thing that I did check out. Um, we borrowed a Zoom H4n from uh, a friend of ours for the music live show, and I have to say, I was absolutely blown away by it. Now, Rich, you've got one of those, haven't you? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? They are so pro for the money. I mean, goes up goes up to ninety six k twenty four bit. Fantastic, really. <laughs> I was, and, I, I, and it's got all of the features that, you know, everything is so easy to use. I mean, this sounds like another product plug, but I was, I'm going to try and buy one because I just thought, wow, I'm using this H4, um, which is, uh, it's just a completely different animal. I mean, it's, you know, this thing mm-hmm. is really astonishing. I was very, very yeah. impressed. And you can record simultaneously four channels, right? Yes. And it has those full-on <laughs> XLR inputs with phantom power. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. And and I should have grabbed mine yesterday. And yeah, that's the thing. You should have got it. I don't know what the sensitivity like, but I, just brilliant. Some really brilliant little features in there. Like the fact, you know, you, if you're in record mode and you press one of the inputs and thumb the uh, plus or minus, it gives you the record level straight away, real time, rather than pissing around with menus and stuff. I just thought, great. And also, there's an external mic in, so you can and you can put a line in there as well. Because I tried it and tested it out and put a line into the mic input and padded it down, and it was... You know, so I could do four track recording. It's like, whoa, yeah. yes, please. Yeah. Here, 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 here. Anyway, that, I'm, I think everybody should get one of those. I'm going to try and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get hold of one because I just thought, wow, that was good. And it's great for this kind of thing, I'd imagine. And that's the thing. Field recording always used to be really difficult, didn't it? I mean, I remember yeah. climbing onto a roof with a Nagra um, and yeah. a, a shotgun mic because uh, was, I was working as a, uh, as a builder at the time and there were these really long scaffold bars. I might have told this story before and hitting them with a, a piece of wood and they sort of sounded amazing to me uh, until obviously I tried to record them with a Nagra on a windy day and then it sounded terrible. So, yeah. But, so anyway, you know, now we're, we're, we're so lucky to have this kind of technology available. You can just chuck it in your... I mean, you know, even mobile phones can record pretty well sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, the thing that's great about these little, these little devices too is they're inconspicuous. So you can bring them into crowded areas if you want to if you want to catch voila or you know ambiences in, in public spaces, and you don't call attention to yourself, which I think is you know a, a good thing. I mean, also for espionage, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sort of thing's really important yeah. because I mean it's the same with a camera. You know that as cameras yeah. are getting smaller, you know you can take a little camera in and film in places that perhaps if you were there with a big camera you wouldn't be able to, you know, and it's the yeah. same with audio. I mean, we're not talking about piracy audio and all that, you know, recording gigs no. or whatever. It's, it's just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't affect the subject so that they still do what they would do. Yeah, exactly. I remember it was really, I wanted to get the sound of, um, you know, this is right around the 1996, 97. I wanted to get the sound of a barista at a coffee shop, um, <clears throat> boiling up foam, um, you know, with their, with their latte machine. And it was really difficult to get this, you know, to get somebody to actually just do it while I'm standing there with a, you know, with a with a boom stand and, and a stereo microphone and a, a, a backpack with a Panasonic DAT player in it or DAT recorder in it, and uh, now you could just sit set uh, any one of these little devices down on the counter and and they'd be none the wiser. 
Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. There's a great site, actually, if anyone is interested in this. One of my favourite sites is some, it's just called quietamerican.org, and he does these one-minute vacations. So he travels all over the world, does field recordings, and then just does a kind of, okay, this is one minute in this place and one minute in this place. And it's brilliant. He's really brilliant. He's been doing it for years and years. Oh, oh I'll have to check that out. Thanks very much. We'll put it in the show notes. Well, I think we're probably um, pretty much at the end. I, I need to get home and uh, get some tea inside me before I fall off my stool because I'm still, I am, I'm very hungry now. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you very much for joining us, uh, everybody. Uh, in the chat room, I'll say goodbye to those guys first. So thank you, everybody. Um, it's been great watching your comments go past. I try and read much of it, but it's actually quite hard to, to do both. But uh, I'll, of course, be able to review the uh, transcript, which I, uh, I now post with every episode. And it really helps kind of contextualise everything that people said. So thanks very much for your input. And also thank you very much uh, to everybody here uh, in a live sense who's been joining me. Obviously, Dave Robinson from ProSignNewsEurope.com had to leave us uh, at five. But we've still got uh, three other people to say goodbye to. And we'll start with uh, Rich Hilton from Connecticut, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. A pleasure as always. And obviously you're now going to have to uh, hang out with uh, waiting for the squirrels again. Uh, maybe you can get some sort of pheromone spray and, uh, and get, them, get them at it <laughs> so you can record I'll, them. I don't think I'll need anything. But if I'm there today and I hear it, I'm going to reach for the Zoom and go out there. Because it was a stunning display of audio from like a dozen sources. Excellent. No, I'll have to check that out. Anyway, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, PJ Tracy, um, Emmy-winning composer again, uh, pjtracymusic.com. Thank you for joining us too. Uh, Good to have you back. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Good luck with all the grant writing. And uh, if you need any um, of those uh, little drum machines, you know, perhaps you want to go and check out Eric Eric Archer. Drop him a line. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, okay, and also thank you to Dave Spears, g4software.com. Been a real pleasure uh, to have you as well. Thanks to all my guests. Thank you. Great fun. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. So um, Hmm. I think we can can call it it a, a wrap, as they say. 